0: Aristotle has said that courage is the greatest of all the virtues because it is the root from which all the others stem. I wish I would said that. But I do agree that Aristotle was correct because I think it takes great courage to come up here and speak after all of the illustrious, eloquent, speakers before me. I am honored and intimidated and I thank you for the opportunity. So much has been said um, the past couple of days. As a matter of fact, on the way over here students admonished me not to to mention challenge or passion, the big P word, (laughs) say anything about dreams or vision but I do think that there is a common denominator I think that the reason why so many speakers have mentioned the need to be challenged and the need to dream and the need to have a vision for yourself is because in one way or another it is the reason why we are all where we are. I started out, as was mentioned, on a small farm. It wasn't even a farm. It was just an acre in Kosciuszko, Mississippi with my grandmother. And I think it was about four years old when I actually three and a half, started what I think was the beginning of my broadcasting roots. I started out doing what we used to call in our community and as a part of black culture pieces. And mine was an Easter piece in church. And That is when they would tear off little portions of a speech and give to the children to speak and I remember mine was Jesus rose on Easter day, Hallelujah! all the angels did proclaim And when I gave this speech, all the sisters sitting in the front row, fanning themselves, said to my grandmother, Hattie Mae Lee, they said, Hattie Mae, this here child is gifted. And I believed they were right. And so, somewhere in my spirit, I always had a dream for myself, that my life would go beyond the, the acre of my grandmother's farm. And what I've come to know at the age of 35 is that what has guided me, what has allowed me to be what I am, and that is emotionally and spiritually spiritually successful, is understanding that there is a power greater than myself, and allowing myself to tap into that power and use it to guide me. I spent a lot of time doing what I think most of the world does at some point or another, and that is trying to be someone else. For a long time in my life I wanted to be Diana Ross, or just somebody supreme. And then I wanted to just stop somebody in that name of love. And it took me a long time to, to realize that no matter how much I dieted, I was never going to have Diana's thighs, and I couldn't even sing. And I think life has a way of, of teaching us things. I think that everything that happens in everybody's life happens for a reason, although you may not at the time recognize what the reason is. And so what I've tried to do is to let the good and the bad always teach me something and grow from that. I learned how important it was to be myself. And I'm grateful for that lesson because I go on the air every day and I'm paid to essentially be myself. It was a difficult lesson for me because when I first started in broadcasting, anchoring the news in, in Nashville, Tennessee, I was 19 years old, not very sure of who I was, so I started out imitating Barbara Walters. Uh, <laughs> I tried to look like Barbara, talk like Barbara, walk like Barbara. And it was not until I was on the air one night with a list of uh, foreign countries, and in those countries was, uh, was Canada, and I call Canada Canada, and started laughing at myself, that uh, I made a breakthrough from pretending to be Barbara and let a little of myself come through. When I moved to Baltimore at the age of 22, it was during the age when uh, television management always, I guess, wanted uh, the people on the air to look and behave a certain way. And I've been black all my life, so... Uh, I'm not sure what they wanted me to become, but I, I went to the station and they said, your hair is too thick, and your eyes are too far apart, and your nose is too wide, and your chin is too long, and you need to do something about it. And so they sent me to uh, to one of these shishi poo poo places in New York City, um, where they serve you wine before they do your hair, so it doesn't matter what you look like when you come out. <laughs> um, and I was at the time doing what a lot of people do. I was going through my life, always trying to please other people. So when they told me that, that's where I had to go, I said, okay, fine. I do have some sense though, I know that there's a commonality in the human experience and I believe that we are all one, but I do recognize that our hair textures are not the same. So when I walked into the salon, I said to them, do you all do black hair here? And and the response was, "We, madame, we do black hair, and we do red hair, we do blonde hair, and we do your hair. So I let I let a French man put a French perm on my black hair. And I ended up, uh, several weeks later, almost completely bald. I had three little spriggles in the front and two on the side where I'd slipped down with some dippity-doo. And uh, one of the production assistants, who's, who's now my best friend, came to me and said, You don't have no hair. I said, what do you mean? Well, you don't have no hair, she said. We, we are all hip to that dippity do trick. So uh, she went with me and uh, I had my head shaved. And it was a very devastating experience for me. I was 23 years old and one of the anchors, co-anchor for the 6 o'clock news, and bald and still black. And <laughs> it was devastating because I have one of the biggest heads in America, I think. my head. My head is 25 inches round, which is a waste to most people. And so, it's the truth. So there was not a wig in America big enough to fit my head, so I had to go on the air. And management, who had had a problem with my hair being too thick, really had a problem with me being bald. Well, you you really learn a lot about yourself as a female when you are bald. You have a lot of time for some inner soul searching and to discover who you really are. And I think, you know, I can look back and laugh at it now, but it was, dev- I used to walk around crying all the time saying, can you tell? And they say, yeah, you don't have no hair. Um, so it was that point in my life that I really started, I think, to go within and to try to define myself by something other than my exterior, because I used to be the kind of person, I'd spend all weekend trying to find the right conditioner for my hair. And it was at that time that I started to discover that there were things in life that were more important than the way you looked or the kind of car you drove or the kind of house you were able to afford and so forth. And since that time I have come to know that there is a power, a spirit, a flow, a pattern, A rhythm in the universe. I call it God and I am assured that anything that is as omnipotent as I know God to be does not get ticked with the name so it really doesn't matter what you call it or him or she. Um, I have learned that in my darkest moments and saddest moments and most joyful moments that if I can give myself over to that and be led by the Spirit in my heart and I think so many people expect God to speak to them accompanied by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir it does not happen that way it is the Spirit in your heart that tells you the difference between what is right and wrong it is the Spirit in your heart that allows you to know what you really love to do and what will bring you joy and what will bring service to other people and joy to the lives of other people. And if you can allow yourself, with all of the advice that you've been given over the past several days and words of wisdom that you have heard and will hear and will read and encounter throughout your life, if you can just allow yourself to tap into that spirit, success, and I mean real success, will be yours. I think it's wonderful, uh, the the position that uh, I I hold on on the Oprah Winfrey Show, and I'm now in the process of building my own studio. But what a lot of people don't see is the peace of mind that I have and and the real joy that I have in my life that comes from knowing who I am and striving and always seeking for the higher good. And so I encourage you. I, I hope that my life can be an encouragement to you and to and to other people. I hope that my life can be a light to someone and that people can see the light in me and understand that the power of God that has allowed me to be and continues to allow me to seek and search does the same for us all. Courage. I thank you. I'll take some questions if you have them. This is my hair, by the way. It grew back, yeah. Yes. Have I ever considered doing a show on the 450 Brightest Students in America? You're the 14th person to ask me that question this weekend. I think it's a good show idea. As a matter of fact, I do. I, mean, I don't think it'd be possible to get you all on the Oprah Winfrey show, but I, you know, I think it's a, it's a n- nice idea to incorporate in, in some other shows. Yes, I do. I'll be a guest. Okay, <laughs> thank you. On the back mic, the back mic yes. Hi. Hi. My name is Rebecca Keener and I'm from Byron, Ohio. And I think most of us feel that we know you already through your openness on the screen. And as I find myself crying or laughing Can you can you speak up cuz the echo I can't sure. hear. Sure. When I find myself crying or laughing at home when I'm watching your show, I can't help but think of the emotional roller coaster that you're going through helping all these people and being close to everyone. And I was wondering how you cope with that and if you find yourself staying up late at night. No, I do not. Uh I I think I have a genuine interest in other people's uh, feelings and I I do the Oprah Winfrey Show every day as a way of um, bringing some enlightenment and information as well as entertainment into people's lives. There have been times that I depending on the on the show and uh, how emotional it was or how it personally affected my own life that I go home and think about it. But I, I consider myself really a surrogate viewer. Yeah. I consider myself, I think of all the, the people who are watching and the things that they are doing at the time. And many times I have the courage to ask questions solely because I know that someone putting the roast in the oven really wants to know it, so I ask on behalf of them. Um, so I, I really don't feel that I, you know, internalize a lot of it or... Go go through as you say an emotional roller coaster. Yes. Hi, my Hi. name is Joy Jackson, and I'm from Chico, California. And you do some in pretty intense, dramatic portrayals of some of the characters, such as Sophie in *The Color Purple*, and your your character on *The Women of Brewster's Place*. And I was wondering if even on your own shows, you find yourself growing as you get into the role of the character, or go or share experiences with some of the people that appear on your shows? Well, um, no, I will tell you this, that it is my desire to be to do a film in the future where I do not play an old lady with her socks rolled out. I want to put on a red dress and throw it up every now and then. Um, I, I think that many times the stories on the show uh, would make really great films, but it's not my desire to, to exploit uh, people in their their personal uh, lives and so most of the times I uh, at the end of the show that really is the end of the show yeah but but other people other production companies call me for stories of people that have been on the show yes yes we've got a question over by the hangar door all right hi Um, Hi. my name is Ben Sue and I'm from uh, Phil Donahue's hometown of Cleveland Ohio and um, (laughs) I was was just wondering um, do you see a problem getting film roles in the future due to your like visibility now as a personality? No, I, I don't see a problem because I've, I'm building my own studio. Uh, <laughs> thank you. That's one of the reasons why. Yes, ma'am. Senator um, uh, Mike, I think mm-hmm. she pointed to. Okay. Do you ever pick certain um, guests or topics on your show just to get the ratings up? Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The truth is, yes. What I try to do, I, uh, what I try to do is to is to lead my life and the show with a sense of integrity. But the name of the game is ratings. That is the truth. I have decided um, from some recent shows that there are certain things I will never do again, uh, ratings or not. Uh, I several times had uh, skinheads on and members of the Aryan Nations on and. Uh, the last time I attempted to do a show on devil worship, um, I decided I would never attempt to, to even try to do that again because my my goal is is never to be a destructive force is to always to to enlighten and encourage people and I feel if if at the end of those shows, if one person goes out and attempts to be destructive as a result of something they have seen on the Oprah Winfrey Show, then I am responsible for that. I think that this position holds and carries with it great responsibility. So yes, I do shows just to get the ratings up, but I try to do them all with a sense of integrity. Thank you. Can you take take one more question? One more? One one more question. Yes. Um, Before I came here, a lot of my friends found out you were going to be here. Especially my female friends, they told me how they looked up to you and in a way saw you as a mother figure. Now, knowing <laughs> that, do you, do you ever find yourself um, in your private life, do you ever find yourself um, being limited because you don't want to do something and being found out and set a bad example? No, th- that, that that's a very good question. Mother figure? How old are they? <laughs> Please tell me they're 10. Uh, well, from 10 up to 18. Oh, good. Uh, no, the ch- No, uh, I, I, as I said before, I really do try to... I would lead the same life if, if it was not a, a life of, you know, quote, celebrity. Somebody was asking me at the table. Um, earlier whether or not you know what's it like being a celebrity and I said the only difference between my life and your life is that Everywhere I go people know who I am But I do the same things that everybody else does or uh, everybody else and so what I try to do is to um, Just be as normal as possible. I You know I don't I don't do drugs and I I don't drink except maybe a glass of wine every now and then Uh, and I don't I, I try to leave, lead my life with a sense of moral authority, and I would do that regardless of the position. I, um, I think it's, I feel very good that people look up to me and see me as a mother figure, but uh, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the way I lead my life. I would do it otherwise. Thank you. Ms. Oprah Winfrey.